Griffith and Scott Matthew Callahan are your hosts, and between them, they bring over 50 years of coaching experience to the table with success in both boys' and girls' athletics. Their expertise comes from the locker room, the classroom, and their living room. Now, the Teacher Coach with TK and Scott. Welcome, everybody, to the Teacher Coach Podcast with TK Griffith and Scott Matthew Callahan. Ladies and gentlemen, we are blessed and excited today. We're coming at you live from Studio 496 here in Green, Ohio. Uh, 44319 is the zip, and we're going way down, way down to the REM area, guys. If you guys love REM, what's the frequency, Kenneth? It's what's the frequency, Kevin? Kevin Furtado, folks. Coach Kevin Furtado from down in the Georgia area is with us today. He's at Lake Oconee Academy, and he is a legendary basketball coach, folks, um, who has won more than 400 basketball games in his time. Um, maybe even more impressively than that, he, he's done a podcast that has over 200 episodes. That is incredible, folks. That's a lot of content for a person who has a full-time job. Coach Kevin Furtado is with us tonight. Coach, Scott and I started this podcast uh, during coronavirus because we wanted to stay in touch with people and kind of continue to create um, and and just talk hoops and and, and be be with people in a way virtually. And we've learned so, so much from it. But we mostly started it because we really believe in the model of the teacher coach. We believe that the best coaches are the ones who philosophically, at least, they don't have to be a teacher, but philosophically or literally uh, exude a teacher-like approach when they get to the gym. I guess we'll start by asking you, how has that um, been a part of your journey? Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys letting me come on. Um, I've interviewed quite a few guys from Ohio, man. There's some great coaches in Ohio. Yeah, so this there is are. a great honor. One day we uh, hope to be some of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, well, hey, I'm glad you're still in the profession because I'm, I'm ready for a retirement, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I really, uh, I really appreciate that. I, I think we're teachers first, and I got to be honest with you. Um, I'm a K-5 PE teacher, and I consider that my main job. And then basketball is something I just have a passion for. Um, and uh, I love coming every day to teach my, my little kids physical education. I take a lot of pride in that. And, but not only that, uh, I'm a teacher first in basketball. Um, I want to teach my kids life lessons. I want to teach them the fundamentals of the game. I want to teach them how to be high character kids. So uh, I definitely agree with what you're saying about a teacher first. If you're a K through five phys ed teacher, we're both English teachers at the high school level coach. And we mostly, we mostly teach honors kids. So our kids kind of come in well-equipped and already ready for, I guess, some, some level of maturity, but I'm wondering what, what, what's the carryover? Cause you have to be so engaging um, and patient and, and, and caring uh, at the K through five level, I w- I'm wondering how that carries over to a high school basketball practice where you kind of have to sometimes, I don't want to say be the bad guy, but you know, bring yeah. the heat. I, well, I guess I've been doing it for so long. I guess I have tricks in the trade like we all do. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll give you an example. Like today uh, we played uh, uh, monster ball uh, mm-hmm. with my fifth grade class where we're trying to get the ball. You know, it's a great game. Have 40 yes. something kids in the class. Right. Um, then I go to car line and I have to regroup, letting the little <laughs> ones in. And then I come in and, and um, I prepare for practice on that. But um, I guess it's, I don't know if it's just a natural thing for me. Right. I can adjust my tone right. and my teaching ability to different grades. I've yeah. always taught in K-12 schools. Right. So I just, it's just something that you learn over the years. So 
but it is a little bit different. But I also like for my little kids, if I want to get their attention, I say trees and everybody's hand goes up. They all listen. I do the same thing with my players. They get a kick out of that. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I like those cues, those verbal cues like that, I think are a key key to good coaching. They say, they say that, um, you know, everything we need to know, we learned in kindergarten. Um, do, do, you know, having spent your whole life in that educational kind of area developmentally, what do you think about that statement, Coach, before I dig into your basketball journey? I think it's so true. Like, when my kindergarten – I have uh, right now, TK and Scott, I have the best kindergarten. I have my number one kindergarten class. They're, I mean, they're so attentive. They're so ready to learn and so forth. So that's actually my most enjoyable class. And wow. um, so uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. And I think you learn those good habits early on. Right. You learn, number one, my kindergarten, you learn how to listen. You learn how to listen yeah. with your eyes, your body language, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yes, sir. No, sir. Um, but I do think you learn a lot of, unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of kids that are in bad situations that don't, exactly. but uh, I think kindergarten is a very important yeah. time in their life. Yeah. Coach, I said we would uh, start basketball and then go journey, but I got to ask you, uh, I might go journey first. I'm just curious. When did you, when did you decide to be a coach? What, what got you into basketball? Where did your passion for basketball start and, and then coaching? Well, uh, when I was younger, I tell you, I've always loved the game. Um, I grew up in California, so I'm from okay. San Jose, California, and uh, I grew up in a, in a sports family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been around coaches. My dad, every, I mean, I, I just been around coaches my whole life. I always yeah. admired uh, guys like the great Bill Walsh. Yeah. Um, and Santa Clara, I, I, I was very fortunate to work, uh, not work, but go to camps under Carol Williams, the great uh, guy who created the flex offense at Santa Clara. And I had a great chance to go to his camps. Uh, he, I used to talk to him every day as like a little kid. Wow. And um, I, I, I would drive a bus. Back in the old days, I, yeah. I didn't drive the bus, obviously. I went in a bus by myself. Check this out. By myself from San Jose <laughs> to Santa Clara. Oh, my god! On a bus to camp. <laughs> the camp was like 35 bucks, guys. Right, right. I love the game so much. My parents let me go on a bus by myself. Wow. Those were different times. Um, yeah. But I always grew up around great coaches. I had an uncle yeah. that was a great coach. I just wanted to be a coach early on. Yeah. And um, when I went to college, a PE teacher and be around sports. I didn't know yeah. anything else. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same way. I would sit in some of my college classes, and we had a flag football league at our intramural program, and I'd be sitting there drawing flag football plays, uh, and you know, it it was probably sociology or something, and I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, I just get hooked into what I was what I was focused on at the time. Coach, you mentioned Bill Walsh. He has an incredible book that I still have downstairs that I refer to about two or three times a year. I'm just curious if his, if his book on, on uh, building a winning program has been something that you've ever referred to. Uh, Yes. Matter of fact, it's, it's long though. It's long and detailed and extensive. It Uh, is. But if I can tell you, if I get anything out of it, uh, I remember Bill Walsh from watching him Mm -hmm. and uh, actually we used to go to some of his practices um wow. i think at the time they were in rockland yeah. california before they went to santa clara right and you can just tell this guy was a he was a genius yeah and he had a system mm-hmm. and i knew that as a young kid my dad used to tell me hey he has a system a, right. a, pro, a process of what he does yeah. I, I would tell you that simple i think he just had a systematic way of teaching the right. game 
And he right. was, I think he was the most brilliant coaches of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And coach, I can't believe you. I, I don't want to, I don't want to move on until we dig into this. You were coached by the guy who invented the flex offense. I mean, that's unbelievable. Carol Williams. Can you tell us a little bit about Carol Williams? Cause I don't think people in the Midwest know that name, but they, they sure the heck know the flex offense because uh, I still think it's not a bad thing to, to sneak in a couple times a game. If you're looking for a quick bucket and then get back into the modern game. Yeah, well, I went to his camp, so I wasn't yeah. coached by him, but I was yeah. a big fan. Um, I had a choice. I lived in San Jose. I had a choice of going to San Jose State and watching a losing team or going to Santa Clara and watching uh, Reggie the- – not Reggie Theus, but uh, I forget the, actually the Theus' first name. Okay. Kurt Rambis, those yeah. guys. Um, and I, I just loved his camp. They were great yeah. teaching camps. And uh, they've always – they always – took notice of me. They go, Hey, Furtado, come over here. We have, you know, it was like I was one of his players. I felt like, right. Um, right. he used to give me the workout and I used to go home in my driveway and do the workout. And, yeah. um, I just felt like he was just a, a relational coach yeah. at that time and yeah. took the time to make a difference in my life. Right. That's a great point, Coach. The, 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 I'm sorry, Coach. Excuse me there, but when you say he took notice of me, boy, that that that's that 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 speaks volumes right there about what this whole profession is about. You know, influencing people, but recognizing their their presence and making them feel special. So I got to go right to this, folks. I'm reading your bio here, Coach, and I can't believe how many pro- programs you've turned around. Um, I'm, I'm just I've, I've got to ask you because uh, I have been at the same school for 28 years. Um, Scott has been Scott has taught at the same school for for almost 30 years but he also has coached at places with some longevity what's your key um and what is the key for a young coach maybe listening to this and how are you able or how have you been able to turn these programs around so darn quickly because it it seems like you've been places where you might have two or four wins that first year and then boom that next year all of a sudden you're really good what's the key um I just like the ch- – well, first of all, I've been at too many schools. If I had to do it again, I would stay – just like you and Scott, I would try to stay at one school. But I was one of those that um, I actually taught in the private school, what we call the GISA, Georgia okay. Independent School Association, uh, for many years. And I was always looking for that next challenge. I think my, my temperament is if I had a choice of going to a, a state championship program – or rebuilding one, I would go to the rebuilder. That's just, I like challenges. Yeah. That's just who I am. And um, I just go in there and um, kind of put together a a system, try to get to know people. And I want to see if I can turn this around. Right. And it took a lot of work, but it it was hard work. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Coach, how would you describe that system that you want to install when you get into a program? Well, we, you know, I, you got to talk about core values first. And I'll, I'll kind of tell you about when I came here to Lake Oconee Academy, um, they had no varsity experience. We started a charter school. Um, we basically started as a JV team. Um, and then we started the first varsity program here. Uh, you better come right in right away with a plan. And, um, you know, our plan here, our, our culture is what we call row the boat. Um, and I know, you know, PJ Fleck, everybody, but um, we're talking about you got to have a philosophy behind it. And at the beginning, the girls were kind of like, hey, this is kind of silly. What are you doing? But yeah. then as you define your culture, right. which is, hey, we're, hey, the ore represents the bringing the juice, the, the energy. You got to have the ore. And actually what we do, coaches, is we have an ore that we carry out 
at the beginning of every game front, we carry it out with all our signatures on it because we're going to bring energy out there. And all those crazy little things help define your culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we talk about what we call our boat, which is our sacrifice. So we're going to set, everybody has to sacrifice for the team. The sturdier the boat, okay, the more kids, the stronger, the stronger the team's going to be and more people are going to join you. Uh, if you have a hole, you have a bunch of holes in your boat, nobody's going to join you. So we talk about sacrifice and then the compass is our direction. We want to go in the right direction. Everybody has to be going the right way. And it takes a while to build that. Um, so those are the three areas of our culture. And literally like today, today, Kike is our second day of practice. Today is sacrifice Tuesday. Yesterday was energy Monday. So we, we teach it every day. So we fight for it every day. Um, and with it, then we, we, we show them videos of what is sacrifice. What is all that? So I think you, number one, you better have a culture that you're fighting for before anything else. Coach, I love your use of what I call word pictures. It's how I try to teach and coach as well. But the idea of carrying that or out there and it standing for your energy and then the idea of sacrifice in the boat and the idea if you have holes in that boat, it's not going to float. And then <laughs> for your direction, a compass. But the oar and the boat and the compass, is that something – tactically you use as well this idea of like word pictures to help your kids learn your offensive strategies and your defensive strategies uh definitely for sure i, I think i mean you gotta have you no know, i don't do it with everything but I, I really try i think the better words i think your language is so important scott mm -hmm. so um for example um you know our system our system is based on three things um it's rebounding number one we're we ought to be a great rebounding team um and number two <clears throat> we got to have what we call a word we call mudita uh and the mudita word is sharing you got to be happy for other people's success basically a team of you got to have humility so we talk about mudita every day so mudita is if you get subbed in for at the end of a game and you're the best player you better be cheering on that player who's going in for you. And that's what we talk about, you know, every single day. Mudita is a word we use a lot. Um, and it's just, you know, just kind of a, it's just a, it's a word that it, it's kids understand it. Kids see it. We show pictures of different types of Mudita and so forth. So, um, but we really believe in words sometimes more than pictures. Right. So I think you got to communicate on the court. Um, you know, more than anything else. What's your third area there, Coach? You said rebounding, Mudita, and? Oh, our third area is uh, we're going to defend, all right? We're going to be tough defenders. Uh, like, the, so far, you know, we all we worked on so far is we, we just worked on defense and rebounding. That's yeah. all we've worked on so far. We're not going to put in our offense until, um, probably until about another two weeks. I know that sounds crazy. But we focus on rebounding and defense, and we break it down. No five-on-five. Five, we break it down and get the kids to believe in that. Okay. Kevin, that's so interesting you would say that. I heard a podcast with Tony Bennett this morning, and, and the interviewer asked Tony Bennett how good his team was going to be this year. And Tony Bennett said, it depends upon how many people we have committed to rebounding this year. 
And that just echoes exactly what you were saying. Um, how do you teach rebounding? Is it just an emphasis or do you drill it specifically and kind of build up from one-on-one to five-on-five? Yeah, Scott, I've actually, my teams, um, the last, see, we, we've had, we built this up now where we're in the state tournament every year. The problem though, Scott, is we're playing against teams that are really athletic and strong. Yeah, right. And we have a bunch of smart girls. <laughs> this is smart. I mean, they're very smart. They all can shoot. But yeah. we've been killed on the boards against athletic teams. So rebounding, I haven't done a good job teaching it. It's been number one, but I've been a horrible job teaching it. So what I'm doing this year, coaches, is this is what we do now to really emphasize rebounding. The number one thing, the first drill that we do is a one-on-one bubble rebounding drill. We put the bubble on the rim, and then uh, we go one-on-one and, you know, we have two teams. We shoot it. Whoever gets the rebound, okay, they get a point for their team, and we go until we get a winner, like up to 20. Uh, like today, we went up to 10. So the first drill we do is rebound. The first drill and the last drill we do. And then my practice plan, I have a practice plan that I use, practice planner live, where they keep percentages of what you're doing in practice. So 50% of my practice is emphasizing rebounding. And we're really focusing on that. But the number one drill, the bubble rebounding drill that we do, um, starts off practice mentally. And the girls love it because they get in there. It's like there there is some technique with rebounding. It's just a will and a want to. Um, Like today, we have girls diving into the stands. The first drill, they're literally diving into the stands trying to pursue a loose ball rebound. Because the biggest weakness in girls' basketball is not the rebound that comes to you. It's the loose ball rebound. And a lot of times, those quicker, stronger teams, they beat you to the spot. So we got to get better at loose ball rebounds. And our girls just love it. They know we want to be a great rebounding team. We don't start with stretches. We start with rebounding. So it's more of a mindset more than anything else. Right. Coach, how many years has it taken this current uh, location to, to, to turn around for you? Lake Oconee Academy? Well, we we started in 2016 with our first team ever. Mm-hmm. Um, the fun thing is, TK, is that I was the first coach in the program. Wow. So I, I, I love that. I, I said, hey, now you can kind of establish your own, right. uh, I wouldn't say legacy, but your own sure. philosophy. You sure. can't, I mean, you, it's, it's all you. Yeah. Um, and in 2016, we won three games. We had no seniors. Wow. Um, it was the, it was the, actually I was, I was with the first senior class. Mm-hmm. So 2016, we were, uh, three and 17. The second year we won 11. The third year we won 13. And last year we won 21. Wow. So we progressed every year and yeah. that's building it from the bottom up. Your sense of sanity. <laughs> and how do you keep the kids and the families believing that what we're doing Right is the right thing, yeah. and still find joy in the process. In Mudita, but, in Mudita, coach. In Mudita, in Mudita, <laughs> it was really hard because uh, I'm a um, I'm a competitor, um, and I have to say, you guys, I've gotten better since then as a coach. Um, I was I don't I didn't think I did a great coaching job because I was focusing on results, right. and I should have done a better job focusing on just building relationships and. Yeah really getting my kids to enjoy the game. 
right. the Mudita philosophy. But you know how it is when you start losing. Oh, yeah. You know, it's tough. So, but I did, I must have done a good job because um, I was doing a lot of camps with my K through eighth graders. So mm -hmm. I believe in the feeder program. So I was building so much relationships around the community in the school. And they felt like this guy's a really, hey, he's a great PE teacher and we believe in him. Our right. team was playing really hard. They, yeah. I mean, they, you know, we just didn't have the talent. Right. And, um, but we did have, a great middle school girl coming up, <laughs> uh, Destiny McClendon, who is now my senior, okay. and she's, she signed with Tennessee Chattanooga. Wow. Um, okay. So, but I got to tell you, my middle school team played in the championship of the middle school, so I knew I had yeah. a right teacher. <laughs> right, right. Coach, what are the Georgia rules like down there? Is, is it, um, you know, some people would say Ohio has become a little bit of a free market system as far as kids transferring and moving around. Um, it's not legal to recruit, but people do it. Um, sometimes they're just attracted to the better programs. Um, we, Scott and I are both of the ilk that, that we like to do it the right way, and, and we try not to benefit from that too much. However, in our time, we have had a few players come to us occasionally. Uh, who may want to transfer in. Uh, we try not to take senior transfers or anything like that, but we don't have a whole lot that do that. Some programs have a whole lot that do that. I'm just wondering, what's the climate like down there in Georgia, Coach? And is, is, are you allowed to recruit, or what's the deal down there? <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, it, okay. the transfer portal, there's a guy that does um, – he does kind of – he has stats for how many kids transfer to different schools. Yeah. And in Atlanta, kids are transferring all the time. Wow. Um, literally – uh, a single A school. We have seven classifications. Right. A single A uh, school had a girl that signed with UConn, yeah, and she won the state championship in single A, and okay. then she transferred this year to a seven A school. Wow, out of there, um, and because well, number one, she she lives in that area, so it could sure, have been sure. some different things, but sure, uh, sure kids sure. are moving all the time. Uh, we had a kid out here, a boy out here that um, was playing with an AAU team. He got noticed by a school called St. Francis out here. And all of a sudden, boom, he's at St. Francis. Right. I mean, you know, there, I have big time problems with that. When you're, when you're loyal to a program to your junior year and then right. you leave. Yeah. yeah, I do too. That's a red flag to me if I yeah. call. Yeah. Do you have to, um, I guess, Coach, I don't know how to ask this, but I'll just ask it bluntly. Do you have to work to keep girls at your school, or is the climate not like that around around your area, so to speak? Or do you lose players sometimes to transfers? We have not, and and we're a charter school, and basically we have kids wanting to come into our school. We we're in Greene County. We have a mm -hmm. public school, and it's a, a, a charter school. Yeah, and uh, we have kids really, be honest with you, moving in to our neighborhood to kind of come in. Sure. Uh, because our academic program is, um, we're known for academics. Yeah. Our athletic yeah. program is decent. Sure. Uh, except for our girls basketball. Program. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a great, it's one of the top charter schools in the yeah. country. Okay. And um, okay. so it's known for that. It's in a yeah. beautiful area. It's yeah. a beautiful lake area out here. Okay. okay. And um, so we don't, we don't have kids looking to leave unless they move. Sure. Sure. So you, talk, you, you talked about developing a system as, as a uniqueness in your approach. And I'm curious uh, for our viewers up here in Ohio, Coach, because I love the stuff that you mentioned with your word pictures. Are there any other uniquenesses that you've developed over your, over your years that, that might be a uniqueness in your approach that somebody could glean something off of up here? 
uh, I feel like um, I, if somebody asks, I have a good friend, Pete Aycock, who's a, who's a, he's a good friend of mine, he's a good mentor of mine. I said, Pete, what do you like about our program? He, yeah. says, he says, you guys are the classiest, nicest program. <laughs> I go, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, I'll right. give you an example. What we do, and our kids yeah. play hard now. Yeah. But what we do is we hand the ball to the referee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say yes, sir, no, sir. Okay. Now, I do yell at refs sometimes, so I'm not, it's not perfect. Sure. Um, but we, we sprint on and yeah. off the court. Yeah. We huddle, eyes on coach. Yeah. Okay. Um, we come out, we do an absolute all out warm up. Because I think how you warm up kind of represents the character of your program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's no – and, hey, we go out there. If you're not hustling, we get on to the players. Oh, yeah. Player, people look at them. We come out, we have nice uniforms. Right. I mean, we just, we just we look the part. Now, yeah. we might not win every game, but people yeah. saying, oh, man, yeah, that's a classy program right there. I mean, right. the first class. And that, to me, means more than anything else. Yeah. Coach, I, I can tell you right now, you share a lot of characteristics with Coach Callahan over here. Because <laughs> Co- Co- Coach Callahan on my left ha- runs the best warm-up that I think I've ever seen a team uh, do. And, and it's never been my forte, um, but, but, but it rounded me out. And I really do want to have an incredible warm-up this year. I'm not kidding me for my guys. Can you tell me a little bit about what you do in your warm-up? I know, I know it's funny. If coaches listen to this, many young coaches will, will probably fast-forward or stop listening right now. But to, to me, it could be one of the most important things that a team would ever do. Scott, go ahead. you have something there? And Coach, before you tell us about your warm-up, the reason I guess I always focus on the warm-up is, Kevin, kind of what you said. I think it, it sets the stage mentally and physically – and it's just the, the first impression that you give of your program to your opponent and to anyone watching your game. The other reason I focus on the warm-up is because I'm so uptight as a coach. And, and it, it kind of puts my mind at ease if I see us breaking a sweat, paying attention to detail, and doing things that we're going to do when the ball is thrown up and tipped. So, Coach, right. what kinds of things do you do in your warm-up? Well, I think I've a great coach out here named Gene Durden. He's one of the best coaches, I think. Uh, you, if you look him up, eight state championships, he does – I learned it from him. Um, and his girls come out, and they're rocking and rolling in the warm-up. I mean, there's no fooling around. Uh, he literally, honestly, if you don't do it in warm-up, he has them running sprints on the sideline. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't do that, okay? Yeah, yeah. But, it's like, you, you better get after it. Uh, yeah. but he always told me this. He says, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Right. So it, it doesn't matter if you're doing – now, I don't believe in two-line layups. So when I see a team doing two-line layups, yeah. now I've gotten beat by two-line layup teams, okay? Yeah. And I, 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 after the game, I'm just going, man, how do I do that, dude? <laughs> so it's, it, it's not – I mean, there's talented teams out there. You don't have to do that. Sure. Stuff. But sure. I still think people are not looking at them. They're looking at – that program over there who's getting the best out of the kids. But we come out, we obviously do a little circle. We're high-fiving. We, you know, uh, we, we look like a team. We're together. We're communicating. Uh, then we go right into like a basic star passing drill. And yeah. it's, a simple, it's a simple drill. But we're, we're moving the ball. We're talking. Everybody's calling names. Yeah. We're catching the ball. We're ripping it. Okay. Um, very simple. Then we go into a, you know, a little shooting series that everybody does. But it's the same thing. The girls are not going lax. They're going full speed. They're yeah. talking. 
everybody, the other team's looking over going, right. I mean, Hey, hey Kinsey, Kinsey, you know, Destin, right. <laughs> I mean, they're getting after it. Um, yeah. yeah. Then we go through, uh, we have a little closeout series that we do. To be okay. honest with you. That's probably maybe why we struggle in the first quarter. We're probably tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we do a, a three-line closeout drill. Right. Um, matter of fact, we we do this. This is part of our program. Today we're working on, um, you know, uh, we, we, we hop into every shot. We're, yeah. we're holding the follow-through, but we're contesting with a high hand, keeping yeah. our feet on the floor. All right. We don't block them out. We just check them. So we're yeah. working on, hey, who's actually doing the correct technique that we teach? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we go in for the rebound. We're yelling, rebound, rebound. Right. <laughs> I mean, all that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. people going, dang, then we finish with some kind of – we finish with our defensive slide drill. Right, uh, right. And we, you know, with, with free throws. Uh, sure, sure. But it's a lot of communication, yeah. a lot of hard work. Girls are sweating. Right. They right. get back to the bench. You know, they're exhausted. No, right. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're down. They're down six zero. No, I'm just kidding, coach. Exactly. It's like uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go two line layups, guys. Right, right. <laughs> um, Co- coach, I love the, that. That 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 is really cool. What you said about the uniqueness of your program, and and I gotta say, we we really respect. I'm so happy we had you on, by the way, or have you on right now because we we just respect programs like this. This this is the way it should be done. Um, what about any uniqueness in any unique nuggets coach on your offenses or defenses? I, I've heard you talk about the buzz defense before. Yeah, sure. Is that something that you still try to tinker with or are you on to something new? Well, actually, um, I spoke to, uh, I have it right here. Matter of fact, Jerry Finkbeiner. I don't know if you know, Jerry. Yeah. I've he's heard his name. Creator, he's the creator of the, the twilight zone. Yeah. And he sent me his only video that he ever did on it. It's not even in, um, it's not even a publication. Wow. And uh, so I have Jerry Finkbeiner uh, and also Mike DeVelvis and yeah. quite a few high school coaches around the country right. that run that defense. And yeah. um, I just really believe in it. Now, we uh, play man-to-man. Okay. But I believe in – he calls it the twilight zone. I call sure. it the buzz. Okay. Um, but it's very unique in a sense yeah. that we go 2-2-1 two, two, back in the 2-1-2. Two, two, and we're – the two guards yeah. are literally – funneling that guard up top right what we do we try to funnel everything to the middle yeah we have a quick we have a good five right there and then we wall everything and we force teams to lob yeah pass and for a girls team high school team really effective and yeah. we just get after them we miss right. shots right we miss shot when we're pressuring yeah. all over the yeah. court and then we'll mix it up with our man-to-man so yeah that's i think it's very unique not too many right. teams Coach, um, I want to get into some X's and O's of that defense. And, and, and off the record, when we're done with this, I would love to – I've tried to study Jerry Finkbeiner, and I can't find enough on him. So I would love to, to either, A, get a copy or at least get your notes from it if you're not willing to share that. But at, in, at any time, uh, at, any, at any rate, I'm wondering about that defense, Coach, on a boys, uh, on, on a boys level, on a, on a, on a pretty high we're, – we're D1 here, so we're the, we're the biggest school here, uh, big, the biggest uh, population of schools here at Ohio. I'm wondering um, when your five has to come out to the short corner, how do you handle that? You know what I mean? When they throw over the wing to the short corner area, how would you cover that in a boys uh, high school game? And could, do you think this, this defense could be effective on the boys level? Yeah, definitely. Cause, um, I mean, Mike DeVelvis, um, Mike DeVelvis told me, he says, coach, he says, can you get me a job at university of Georgia? <laughs> <He's just joking. laughs> 
Right. But uh, he should be he should be coaching college right now. By the way, yeah, he should uh, be. But what we well at the boys' level, yes, if you have length, yeah, I mean it's very similar to you guys play against good one three one zone. Teams. Oh yes, yes. Mm -hmm. To me, it's better because um, yeah. the one three one man. Sometimes if you don't have a great rover down there, right? I mean it's tough for the the yeah. girls' level. So yeah. we cover all the ground. Now what we do with our five on a corner. Like we have a six-two girl uh, in the middle, mm -hmm. right? So what we do is sometimes we have her go trap with the wing, yeah. and then cover down yeah. and help out. Sometimes with her in a trap, man, it's hard to get out of. Yeah, uh, at the girls' level, uh, right. you can trap it, or yeah. you can keep that player there mm -hmm. and just wall that corner, just kind of just wall that corner, right? Um, and then rotate your other players down. Yeah, but um, I think it definitely can be utilized. But you better get after it. You better right. play out that are fly around right right i've heard uh i heard uh mike mention on the on the podcast that you did with him that that he likes to mix in some fresno matchup with that and and you kind of uh, concurred a little bit is that anything have you ever tried to mix in any of that fresno matchup or was that something you were just uh conversing with that night well we're looking to do it the problem is i Sometimes I have a tendency to do too much. So what I'm doing is I'm limiting what I'm teaching. Right. Uh, I don't want to put in the one one, th you know, the one one three, and then try to, and then, and then try to go to. I mean, this year we're man to man. Yeah. We're two one two yeah. half court buzz, then right. two two one. Yeah. Um, but the one that that's the matchup's actually great as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna utilize it this year. Yeah. But the reason why I would like it is that it looks like man to man. Correct. You're matching up, and that's what uh, I believe. It kind of looks like a man-to-man -man defense. You kind of disguise yeah. your zone for right. that. At the girls' yeah. level, my level, I mean, teams don't know how to attack it. Yeah, yeah, Coach. I'm also guilty of trying to do too much. So I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> you trying to check yourself there before you wreck yourself. Um, halftime speeches. You asked Mike DeBilvis about halftime speeches in that podcast, and I'm just curious. Right. What 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 do you do? You um j j just kind of weigh the pulse of the environment, or do you have a system at halftime as well, or do you do you get emotional? Do you try to stay poised, or do you just see what the girls need? Coach, we all have systems, but, you know, as soon as that ball is thrown out, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, it's like I, in the first – I've done things where, like, on the first quarter or the, or the first three possessions, if I don't like what we're doing, whoop, yeah. we'll adjust. Yeah. I mean, I'm not afraid to change anything. Yeah. Uh, but there's, 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 there's something to be said for staying with what you're doing. Right. Um, the, the most mistakes I've ever made at halftime – Guys, it is when I talk too much. Yeah. Because if I keep my team, this is my goal this year, is I want to have my team come out fresh, ready to go with six to five minutes on the clock. Yeah. I mean, the, my, my games I have lost, I have talked too much. Yeah. And I have actually confused them. Yeah. And I think that's a major, major mistake. Because I have, you know, I get, I get, you know, I get fired up a little bit. Right. But this year – I'm allowing my players to coach themselves, and I got to be patient with that. I give them some key things, then I ask them questions. I say, you guys ready to go? Let's go. Yeah. yeah. Coach, when you allow them to coach themselves, um, how are you facilitating that so they learn what to say and how to say it? Uh, right now in practice. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, I ask them questions all the time. Um, so, I mean, we'll ask them like today. We're, we're practicing on our man-to-man. -man. We play a lot of three-on-three -three shell. No, I call it three-on-three cutthroat because it just sounds sure, better. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and we were talking about, we, we work on one-on-one every day. Another thing that I, I wanted to tell you that's very unique, we start with rebounding and we play a one-on-one tournament every day. Wow. So, wow. for example, like yeah. today, I only had nine, uh, I had, uh, eight players today in practice. We had some people out. And we seed them from one through eight. So, yesterday, my number one seed, now check this out, my number one seed got beat by the number six seed, my big six-foot girl. Wow. So, she ended up in the finals, um, and she is now the number one seed. And she also won today. My, my number two seed – got beat today by the number six seed <laughs> today. So, wow. and I, I learned this from a great coach and I forgot his name that you better have your kids competing right from the beginning. And our girls, every time it's on the board, when you come in, you're yeah. ranked. You're yeah. ranked. And if you're ranking the bottom, you better right. do something about right. it. You've got to coach them up. So right. Right. Uh, you got to be careful sometimes with girls, but it's like, Hey, we want to compete. Yeah. And it's we can in everything right. that we do. Right. Um, I hope I answered your question there or not. No, you did. Coach, how do you facilitate that one-on-one tourney? Is that a two-minute game, a one-minute game? Are they playing to a certain score? How many dribbles? Where do, they start, where do they start from? Play to four. I don't overcoach it. We play to four, but what I do at the beginning, like right now what we're practicing on, coaches, is hand on ball. I'm a mm-hmm. pressure coach. I want my hand extended mm-hmm. on the ball because yeah. of the girls' level. Girls will yeah. – I want to get my girls to turn – away from pressure yeah. so i'm a hand on the ball extended yeah. my arms are extended yeah all right pressure the ball hand on ball we just call it hobbs okay yeah. another term sorry <laughs> hobbs hobbs yeah. all right and that that we teach and what we see is you can't hide in a one-on-one tournament yeah all right so girls are coming up saying hey coach i gotta work on my left hand i didn't tell her yeah. that right she, right. she lost because of that yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't rebound. Well, yeah. this, okay, well, we'll help you with that. Right. Um, but what we do, I don't know if I helped you with that, but we seed them. I mm-hmm. seeded them yesterday in the first practice. Right. And based on the results yesterday, I reseeded them. Okay. So they come in, guess where they're going? Yeah. They're going to the board, <laughs> trying to yeah. find out who they're playing. I mean, right. it's the best way to start a practice, yeah. in my humble opinion. Man, that's pretty unique. I've never heard of that one, Coach. I, I, we do. We we play one on one on one. I call it Charleston one on one. I got sure. it from Bobby Lutz, the the uh, Charlotte coach. Uh, but that 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 that's very unique. Thank you for sharing that. That that's really cool. Um, coach, have you ever gone off at halftime, um, especially maybe with young ladies more so than with men, um, and 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 had to apologize after the game or had to uh, smooth it out? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, it's my 30th year of coaching. So I don't even <laughs> all um, yes. And I think every, whenever I, um, lose my control, my team never does well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that simple. I mean, you got to have composure. Now what I'm learning is how to learn my, use my language better. Okay. And that is my best coaching is when I look them in the eye and I just mm-hmm. show calmness yeah. and I say, we better get the job done. This is what we've been working on in practice. So right. we've been working on, you know, hit, stick, get. Yeah. Practice. Yeah. So let's hit, stick, get. Boom. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. During a practice, coach, um, to get that intensity going, um, 
do you have to keep the heart rate at a high level yourself or do you also want it to come from them and you're just demanding things sometimes loudly sometimes not as loudly where does the energy come from in practice well the energy starts with a coach all right so our first our or is you got to bring the we call it bringing the juice yeah I mean, you, you got to bring the juice man you can't yeah. fake it like my, my pe class i'm so tired by the end of the day i mean <laughs> my pa Scott, Mike, my, my, my kindergarten and first grade, I got them back to back. You better be ready to bring the juice, man. Right. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I t- in my PE class, what I do is I'm kind of a showman a little bit with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I have a microphone that I use, and I stay in the office. And so what I do is they know it. They go, they, they start a clap. They go, where's coach? Where's coach? And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come out. I come out. Right, right. Like, Welcome to PE. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and say that. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you got to have that. I mean, you got to be excited right. about your job, man. You, right. gotta, you can't fake that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that that's, I mean, you, you got to come with it every day. So, Coach, um, I think you're a lot like TK and me in the sense that um, we love coaching and we love teaching. As a coach, how do you coach? How do you motivate a player that doesn't bring the juice on a daily basis, but she might be really talented? Yeah, everybody has a different temperament, right, guys? I mean, um, and I have had players like that. And, for example, I, I have a little point guard, a sophomore now, that last year was very quiet. You never heard a word from her. And sometimes that's her personality. That's her temperament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we kept, we stayed on her. We were patient with her. Hey, hey. If you're going to be our point guard, man, you better, you got to, you got to communicate. And this year it's like the tide has turned. So I guess in one word, Scott, patience, you got to be patient with people. You don't give up on people. I mean, there's so many mistakes I have made. If people weren't patient with me, I would never have been coaching. Right. Um, So patience is the key. And, but if they're not delivering the energy, they might not be communicating great. But right. if they're not delivering the energy, then we yeah. got to have conversations. Maybe this is not for you. Right. Um, right. Maybe you're selfish. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to be part of our culture, hey, go do something else. Right. So right. Those are the hard ones. Yeah. You have to do, but you got to work with each kid individually. Every kid is different. And yeah. eventually the kids that buy into your culture stay. Right. Coach, two questions. Um, one, old-fashioned conditioning. Um, we, we have coaches in our area, you know, they like to start every day with maybe um, some calisthenics, old-fashioned style. Some like to run up and down a lot uh, as far as just, just line drills. Um, some like to use those for punishment, maybe push-ups. How do you get your team in tip-top condition? Do you believe in any of those systems? And then are you okay with, will you do a few push-ups or some running if you lose a game or if they're not bringing the juice? Where does, where does that fit into your program? Where do you think it should fit into the national scene? Yeah, I should brand that, man. Bring the juice. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> um, hey, uh, I don't believe uh, – this is where I'm different. I believe in positive um, okay. Now, there's times when I do push-ups for kids. What I do is I reward the effort and the kids that are doing things right. For example, yeah. uh, I have – now, I do do a dynamic warm-up to answer your question there. We do a dynamic warm-up where the girls are going through um, stability exercises, things to get them prepared mentally and physically. But, I mean, why just start with running? I mean, why start with something they hate? Right. I don't get get that mentally. I mean, I would quit. Yeah. Uh, 
So we go through a dynamic warm up. My assistant coach is running that. We call it Nike because yeah. Nike is cool. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, and I tell him I stole it from like I stole. Don't tell anybody. I I stole it from the Nike clinic. Yeah. yeah. And I go, hey, this you know the, yeah. all these top players are running. <laughs> right. Go, oh, running Nike. Yeah, Nike. <laughs> yeah. Okay, whatever you yeah. have to do to sell. Hey, hey good thing um, that wasn't called Converse, Coach. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's our era. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, but no, um, we reward. I have a win chart in my in our practice. It's up on the board. Yeah. So if you win something, um, then you get you get a point. So if you yeah. win, so it's, it's all visible. So yeah. I go, what we do is like after the rebounding drill, who won? Okay, Blues, you won. So we're gonna we go right over there. You won. You won. You won. And yeah. and the losing team's going. Right. That's the that's a bad punishment right there. Right. Right. I mean, why 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 run them? Because you want your kids to enjoy running. Right. Um, and then and then then you get them to compete. Yeah. Um, and so I, but what we do though, is we do a, can every, we do what we call 17s with the ball. So we go sideline to sideline. The goal is 17 in a minute, 10. We do it every day because I, I know this, if you can get 17 lines, you're in shape. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the only drill we do where it's basically not playing basketball, but yeah. we have a basketball. I never do it without a ball. Yeah. Never. Because um, they think it's conditioning. Yeah, when will you do that, Coach? And will they be dribbling the ball or just holding the ball? I know that's a stupid question, but some people dribbling. some people yeah. hold it above their head. Yeah. No, sir, they're, they're, they're dribbling. And yeah. matter of fact, what it teaches them is the ability to stop, turn, yeah. and attack. We teach push dribble. Yeah. Push dribble. What happened right. last day yeah. is we have girls like my big girl. They get tired. They stand straight up and dribble. Right. So we get them to bend and push. Yeah. And yeah. change hands, change right, hands. Right, right. So we're working on dribbling. Yeah. We're working on the yeah. speed dribble, right. stopping, turning. Yeah. So we're working on, on ball handling. They, they don't think it's conditioning. Well, actually, right. they do. Yeah. When do you do that drill, Coach? Is that the last thing you'll do before you wrap up, or do you squeeze it into the middle? Right in the middle. And we keep track. We keep track. Now, we add that to their wins. So if you had, like, six wins today, mm-hmm. we add, you know, 13 or 14 so I keep everything's objective data in my yeah. practice. Yeah. So they know exactly each day how they're doing. And not only that, we film every practice with puddles. So we're evaluating there as right. well. Right. Um, so everything's being evaluated. So the yeah. next day they come in, all right, this yeah. is what you want. You're right. in third place. Right. Right. I, I love that coach. I love that. Um, go ahead, Scott. Coach, you've had two practices, and you've, your focus has been on rebounding and defense. Yes, sir. Um, when will you start to install your offensive system? And whether you want to call them quick hitters or after timeouts or sets, how do you start to install those two? I, actually, right now I don't know yet because I base it on execution. So if I think that we're ready to move – so what I do, I tell my team is – you have to earn the right to play offense. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no, I don't give them anything. They have to earn everything, earn their uniforms, earn everything, whatever. Um, so I don't know. It could be next week, Scott. It could be later. Uh, I, I know pretty much in my mind when we're going to do it, but uh, I would say probably another week we start adding in our transition offense. Now everything we're doing though, like today, is what people don't realize is you're three-on-three. Three. I'm a three-on-three three guy. 
So we, today we did a three-on-three transition drill right. where, you know, they got to sprint back. They got to stop the ball, literally stop the ball at half court. The other girls got to sprint to the paint. That's part of your fast break. Right. So we're transitioning all the time. We're right. playing basketball, but we're not playing it five-on-five because I feel like you have to earn your right to yeah. play five-on-five. So right. plus our numbers are down a little bit. So we play, right. we break it down a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that – to help you right there, Scott. But um, yeah. I, I, I always put things in a little bit later, and I do all. I, I we do all the hard work, the toughness early. Um, just a lot of drills early. Right. <laughs> a lot of toughness drills. And then when you get to that point, Kevin, are you installing things five on O or five on five? Five on five on five on zero. Um, and it depends on our numbers in practice. Sometimes you have no choice. Um, but what, what I do is I go five on zero and then I go to a breakdown drill mm-hmm. and then I go back to five on five. So you got to show them the whole first. They got to understand what we're doing. For example, if we run a, basically a, we call it bulldog from uh, Gonzaga uh, uh, ball screen offense. Yeah. All right. So, we work a lot this year. Most girls teams don't run any ball screens. We, right. we run a lot. Yeah. So we show it and anybody can do five on zero. Sure. But if a kid doesn't do something correctly, we redo it. Yeah. We yeah. redo or, or, I mean, we redo it. We yeah. don't run them. We redo right. it. Right. And we emphasize doing it right. Some people right. don't believe in five on zero. I think it has to be done. Yeah. Um, and then we go, we go breakdown. Breakdown drills. Okay, we're going to work on the wing screen. We're going to work on you know the trailer screen that we utilize, right. and then we go five on five. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. Okay, okay. coach. As the season progresses and you get towards February, um, are you the type of coach who will uh, keep adapting and putting maybe some new sets in that you see or you like, or do you not like to confuse the girls and do you pretty much just keep running the same things? And I'm speaking offensively here. Um. Probably at your guys' level, you probably have to have more sets. I, I spoke to a lot of coaches on my podcast. I mean, I, I had one coach. They had like 50 sets. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. 50 sets? Right. I mean, it's like um, I, I like to be simple. Yeah. Um, our system that we do, yeah. um, you know, we have three areas that we focus on um, uh, in, our, in our actual system is, is our chaos system, which is uh, forcing – we try to force, you know, 30 plus turnovers a game. Uh, we try to get up 80 shots. We try to give up 30, 30 of those have to be three point shots. And then we try to get 40, 43% offensive rebounding. That's our three areas of statistical data that we, we focus on. Um, but uh, go back to your question again. I might, I might've forgot. Maybe make sure I'm going the right way. It's okay. Coach, do you like to add any new sets offensively as the season goes on? Or do you like to yeah. just stay with your Gonzaga stuff and your typical offenses? I try to stay with it, but I have always I love little set plays though. <laughs> it's 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 one or two set plays yeah. that yeah. have different variations. Yeah. Um, and for example, we run a what we call a double. Uh, it's, it's basically a, a double low stack. Sure. You know, we we have a double uh double um double screen on the right side, let's say whatever, and we have our best shooter come off of that, and then we set another single. It's basically a double single screen. Sure. Sure. With that, that bottom wing popping out off a single screen. So we got, and then we have the post yeah. flash. We, we get shots all the time. It's the easiest yeah. play, yeah. and nobody ever defends it. It's like, right. why, 
I mean, right, right, um, right. So. Yeah. Coach, I want to ask you one more basketball question and then wrap up with a little bit about your journey and your podcast. When you're in your two, two, one, going back to your buzz, um, in the two, two, one, I've, I've often struggled with how I want my front row to play. And if I want the traps to come from across the floor or up the floor, how do you like to play your two, two, one, as far as who takes the middle? Sometimes my second row would take the middle. Sometimes my first row weak side would take the middle. How, what, what, what have you found success with on your two, two, one? We do it all sorts of different ways, but our base that we call hot. I was, hope, I, was, I was hoping you wouldn't say that, Coach. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I try, and it never works. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we actually, our favorite was what we call hot. Basically, what we're trying to do is we, we have what we call, we have we number our positions. Our ones are, are what we call our chasers up top. Our yeah. twos are our back line. Our threes are, our three is our protector. Yeah. The key player, you got to have your best on-ball defender on that left side up top. Mm-hmm. And her job is to get in the hip of that girl and influence her down the sideline. I mean, yeah. not, I mean, sometimes we back off, depends on sure. who we're playing. Sure. But get in the hip. We want to get her dribbling hard down that sideline. And what we do is we cat and mouse with that girl. We cat and mouse. We might get an early check. If they're bad, I and mean, we're just going after them. Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and then we try to get them near half court. We try to yeah. rotate cat and mouse, cat and mouse. Yeah. Try to get it. And then I, my, my, my uh, my other one is getting short middle. My other two is getting long middle. Got and it. my protector is taking away that deep sideline. Yep. And then yep. the ball goes sideline over the top. We have a second trap. Yep. And then we rotate my, my back line defender to cover the low post area. I mean, it's okay. not an easy rotation, but right, right. I mean, that's just what we do. Yeah. Thank you for answering that, that coach. I want to I want to shift gears because I know our night's going to get away from us here, and I appreciate your time, Coach Furtado. You've done this podcast that you've poured your energy into, where you have done more than two hundred podcasts, and and we have our podcast here, Coach, and we're in the high thirties. But man, that's right. incredible. Um, I am just curious uh, if I had to ask you. Uh, what some of the best podcasts would be for young coaches to listen to, or even us veteran coaches to listen to? Could you right. name? Could you name a few, or do you do you hesitate to do that? <laughs> well, I have so many. I'm looking on my list here. It's like, wow. I mean, um, I, my favorite. Um, I love. I have. I've interviewed a lot of college coaches, actually. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite guys are the high school guys, um, yeah. and that's why I focus on that. I think the best coaches are. Coaches who not might not have won any state championships, right. but they got brilliant minds. Yeah, and yeah. they know how to teach the game. Right. They just don't have the state championships and so right. forth. That's right. what I really search for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's me. I mean, yeah. that's, right there. <laughs> that's me too, Coach. You're looking at them here. I don't know if I'm the best, but I haven't won a state championship, so I know that. But um, my my favorite guy, and I, I really want you to look him up to get him okay. on your podcast. His name okay. is Gene Jordan. Okay. He's the coach of Buford High School. He is the to me, he, he he's the best coach, high school coach in America. He, he is he is the best. Um, I mean, he's got a program. I mean, some people have like good teams. He's got a program. I mean, yeah. literally the things that he does. I mean, he does. I learned from him with going to his clinics. And now what's cool is now I run clinics and he comes to mind the share wow. at it. He wow. comes to mind the, the share at it. Right. But uh, we're both very, very similar in age and so yeah. forth. But what he's known for is all out hard work and intensity. Yeah. And it, it, it's done the right way. It's yeah. not, if you don't do it, you know, his way, 
you're yeah. not going to play for him. Right. Uh, but a couple things that I learned from him was um, what he calls his breakfast club. He believes in the feeder program. So during the summer, he has girls from age four through 12. There's like a hundred of them in a gym, 6 a.m. in the morning, wow. doing ball handling and shooting drills. Wow. And it's the most impressive thing that you have ever seen. And wow. you, you got to go to it. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, uh, my, my next goal is to go ahead and film a lot of things that he does. Yeah. Uh, actually, I have his video on the clinic that I'm actually doing. Okay. I have a clinic series that I'm doing. Um, matter of fact, I'll send it to you guys. You'll okay. love it. I'll, okay. I'll send it to you tonight. Okay. Thank you. But, Thank um, you, Coach. Intense and yeah. he just he's the one that kind of got my podcast and everything yeah. going. Okay. Everybody, everybody believes in him. Yeah. Coach, besides Gene Durden, is there anybody who has like a real unique story or a high school coach that many people may not know of that when you got done with that podcast, you said to yourself, wow, I, I got something out of that? Yeah, one of the um, – well, there's so many of them, Coach. I know. I know. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry for that question because uh, I know it's tough. One of my favorites is Joe Lombard. He's the head uh, girls coach at Canyon High School in Texas. He's got the most wins out of any high school coach in America. If you look him up, um, he has 19 – check this out – 19 Texas high school state champions. <laughs> he should be arrested for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. I mean, right. but he's, but he's so cool though. People right. don't realize to yeah. me, there's so many great coaches out there. Yeah. He actually did. Check this out. I have a clinic series that I'm doing where coaches are literally videotaping things for me. Right. On video and sending them to me. Yeah. And I, I give them out to coaches. He yeah. did a, he's retired. He retired yeah. this year. His son is now running the program. Okay. And he sends me things all the time about <laughs> what he's doing with his program. And this guy's yeah. the greatest high school coach probably in the history. Yeah. Um, and just to have guys like that yeah. share with me, I feel oh, really yeah. honored. But yeah. these guys want to be heard. I don't think we I don't think we pick the brain of great minds. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I totally agree with that, coach. Um, I'm I'm curious. Um how, how it's made you a better coach once you started the podcast and, and how you have grown from uh, kind of getting into, I guess I'll call that professional development. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I think I take a lot of pride in this. And the one thing when you ask people about the podcast is they say, well, I picked up, you know, I really picked up that, um, that uh, drill that, you know, uh, Kurt Gilsdorf did. He's out right. of Oregon. Um, yeah. great coach out of that. another guy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, Hey, I, I picked that up. I love coach. I love what you were saying about your, um, your Jersey night. Yeah. That you, uh, yeah. I didn't tell you about that, but, yeah. um, so, and, but, but what I do is I learn, uh, I learn, I pick up one or two things from, from every coach and okay. I add it into my program in different yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for example, the wind chart, the wind chart I picked up from a recent coach. I think I forget who it was said that he learned this from another coach and he said it turned around his program. Okay. If it turned around your program yeah. right, and it's turning around our program, literally putting right. a wind chart right. up on the board yeah. has made a huge, the girls are saying, coach, I love it. I love it. <laughs> every, every day excited about practice <laughs> right? We right. on the wind chart. Yeah. So I yeah. learn things all the time. I'm not yeah. very smart. Yeah. Um, right. I just pick up things, yeah. but actually I do it my way, yeah. but I, things all the time yeah coach before we wrap up um 
one, one of the things that really struck me a couple years ago was when, when a kid told me, because we, we get after it too. We, we, we get really after it in practice. But, uh, you know, I, I can't say we do it to the level that you do, Coach, because it sounds like you're pretty incredible down there. And honestly, I don't know where we are with this. But I've had a few guys say to me that they dreaded practice, okay, probably because they knew how hard it was going to be. Right. Um, besides the wind chart, how have you dealt with some kids who may not want to get after it? Are there any other wrinkles before we go? Because it seems like you really have a magic touch. Um, and I love what you said about running, you know, coming in and just running up and down. You know, you, you would quit. You, you know, I, I would quit. You know, it, when it's punitive like that, may, maybe it's the words we're saying. Maybe you've changed in some other way. Anything else that you've done where you think kids are – because when you said your kids are excited to come to practice, I want my kids excited to come to practice. Yeah, and that's that. You know, that's, that's taken a lot of practice. So I I think I've always had that just that knack of getting the most out of kids. And I'm not saying where I learned it at all, but I have a feeling like oh, like before practice, I'll come talk to the girls. I'll just I'll just kind of talk to them about anything. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, Piper. Hey, hey, I'll, hey. Where's the peanut butter cookies you said you're right. gonna? Yeah. You know, like we just joke around, and yeah. then when it's time to go, time to get you know in the business, then yeah. we get after I think with girls you have to do that yeah. um, you have to develop relationships yeah. uh, with the kids and then they 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 believe in you they trust yeah. you I yeah. think that's the key but I've had difficult kids I believe me I have had difficult kids that I had to I had to force off the team right because they were a hazard to our culture yeah so I, I, I hey and I and what I did is I brought my leadership team in yeah. and I said hey what do you think yeah if they all I mean, we can't yeah. we just don't get along with her. I mean, right, right. So, but I, I think you have to deal with kids individually. Every yeah. kid's a little bit different. Right. Um, right. Just for an example, I have a, a new kid. Some people say I have a new recruit. No, there's a <laughs> kid that came in from a local county that yeah. she lives in our area. Okay. Sure. I just want to make sure. sure. <laughs> and she wanted to be with a good program. So sure. Um, sure. But she's a great, great little athlete, great player, but her body language is bad. Yeah. Okay. So in her goal sheet, in her goal sheet, she says, coach, I want to improve. I don't want to be pouting after games. I want yeah. to improve my body language. Right. All right. So that comes through relationships. I mean, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, it hasn't been too long, but she feels she trusts us that right. she knows what she's doing wrong. Right. Uh, so I think that's all part of it. I don't know if I answered yeah. your question, but you did, you did coach. And I, and I want to wrap up with this cause we're going to let you go. Cause your time is valuable. I know you're busy and you're in, you're in season, but over the course of your years, how have you been able to build either a, a healthy boundary, or maybe you don't build a healthy boundary. Maybe you let them in with parents so that you can just do your job and not have to uh, handle too much outside noise. All right. Now, <laughs> I don't think anybody masters the art of uh, communicating with, I don't think anybody, anybody, now what I do is I talk to the best coaches yeah. and I say, what do you, Hey, how are you working with, I don't say dealing with parents. Sure. Sure. How are you relating to parents? Right. What do you do? How do you get them to believe in you? Yeah. And then, um, but I do feel like you have to keep the parents close to you. Okay. So, and some people you know, you know, might, might say, Hey, you know, you're, you're just kind of, you know, schmoozing the parents and all that. Sure. No, I, I give them jobs. I yeah. give them jobs to do. Like, I, I literally, um, like, I have one parent that she's my communications director. Right. She's a great mom. I mean, yeah. she's all in. She's in the first row yeah. watching games. All right? right. You know what I'm saying? First row yeah. watching games. <laughs> yeah. um, and, 
you know, I have another dad that, you know, try, you know, he, he likes to coach his daughter quite a bit. And so, forth. <laughs> yeah. so I'm constantly talking to him about, Hey, 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 you know, um, you know, make sure that, you know, you know, that, that she's listening to us first yeah. and I kind of, you know, just consulting with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Right. And then I have another dad who basically does everything for me. Yeah. Um, he yeah. helps buy, he helps on trips. Yeah. Uh, we're going on trips. He organizes my travel plans. Wow. I give people a lot of jobs. Yeah. I want to keep them close. Yeah. So I, I'm aware of what they're doing, but just yeah. building a relationship. I don't, yeah. I don't try to keep my parents away. Okay. I keep them close to me. Okay. Coach, if they are close and their son or daughter is not playing that much, does that cause friction or do you think it helps? Uh, I think it helps because I think you, uh, I think it opens up the door for trust. There's yeah. no perfect situation. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I'm going to have, I'm going to have guys, I'm going to have eight girls this year that, that can play on the starting lineup. Yeah. I mean, literally. And I know all the parents. Great. Oh, Somebody yeah. is not going to start. Yep. So, and I know all the parents close. I have one kid. That's the best kid ever. Yeah. She's probably not going to start for me, right. but she's going to be a star in her role. Yeah. So yeah. if she's a six man, I'm going to sell to her. You are a star in right. your role. And then that's what we want you to do. Yeah. All right. And then um, <laughs> and most, if you're honest with them, right. they'll, they'll give everything you have. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you got to give them minutes though, because I believe that you just don't, if you're going to be on the team, man, you got to right. play. Right. Give them a role. I mean, that's all. Yeah. How many will you keep coach? How many girls will you keep? And will you keep a fringe player who might not be that good, but is a good kid? Or are you going to try to trim your roster just to those who can play? We don't have a trim. We don't have that many kids. We're a small school. Okay. So I have nine on the, I have nine good players. Got it. Uh, my middle school has had, had like 30 tryout. Yeah. Yeah. We kept 15. Got so it. we're building, I had five seniors graduate. Okay. Uh, and I don't have, I didn't have a lot of girls, other girls coming in, okay. but I have a great core. So okay. I have nine, Hey, yeah. nine strong, baby, nine strong. I and, love it. I love it. We also have middle school girls come in. Yeah. And practice. Yeah. I wish so. I had nine coach. Cause that would alleviate a lot of my issues. Um, <laughs> all right. Coach Callahan, I'm going to let you wrap up and uh, coaches uh, and I'll, I'll say a few words and we'll get you out of here, sir. I love what you said about doing your podcast coach and you treat it kind of like a clinic. You want to get one or two great nuggets. These are three nuggets I got from our podcast tonight that I want to implement this season. (laughs) Number one, a goal sheet for each player, because then you can hold them accountable to what they want out of the season. Number two, one-on-one tournament every day in practice. That's just a brilliant idea. (laughs) Teaches kids how to compete. And number three, I I teach writing, as does TK. And as writing teachers, we always talk about the beginning and the end of what you write. Has to be impactful and meaningful because you're setting the stage and then you're leaving your audience with something meaningful. Well, I love the idea of starting and ending practice with rebounding because that's what you're telling your audience, your players is most important. So those are three great nuggets. But Kevin, I'm going to tell you why I appreciate you. Because when I was growing up, I grew up being raised by my mom without a dad. No, no adult male uh, figure really in my life. And my role model became my PE teacher in elementary school. That's cool. Yeah. And his name was Mike Foy. And 
we did the most fun, adventurous <laughs> things imaginable. He would bring his dog to school. That's cool. <laughs> we, we'd go out into the parking lot and he'd bring a parachute and we'd get on top of this parachute and he'd fling us into the air. And he was just big, this big guy who played college football and he'd pick us up and put us on his back and run that's us cool. around. And that's what you're doing for your kids now. And, and, and I love the fact that you said your job is teaching. And then your, your passion and your hobby and, and kind of your, your energy source is coaching. And that's what this podcast is all about. So, man, I'm, I'm just so grateful that we got to talk to you. I can't wait to follow your program. And TK and I are going to be in contact with you because we just learned so much tonight. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I was getting emotional there talking about the PE coach because I, I definitely uh, – I've had a lot of great PE coaches be impactful in my life. So I appreciate that. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Coach, I'm, I'm going to wrap up as well here. And I, I think this whole concept of word pictures is something that I really gained from you. Um, and the word pictures that you give your team with the row the boat, um, the or, you know, what it represents, the energy and the juice, the boat, which represents the sturdiness and sacrifice and the compass, which is the direction. But when I speak of word pictures, coach, the one thing that, that really stuck in my mind as far as an image was the image of you on a bus by yourself for an hour or two or whatever it was going from uh, Santa wherever to Santa Clara in California and to me, that just speaks to the passion that you had for the game. Um, I myself also rode a bus quite a long ways to get to my high school every day uh, or drove in the snow to get to practice. And I can see you as a young man on this bus in California going to this camp by Carol Williams, who invented a flex offense, for goodness sakes, folks. And now you're driving the bus, you know. You're driving the bus, and you've got a lot of – it's a heck of a long bus if you go back 30 years and all the people that you've influenced. But now I see why you have had the success you did because you are one heck of an organized coach, and kudos to everything that you shared with us tonight. I picked up so much here, Coach. I start Friday, and I'll tell you what, you gave me some great things. Uh, I was going to go Hakuna Matata. Now I'm going Hakuna Madida. All right? Woo! Hakuna Madida, Coach. Coach Kevin Furtado, anything, Kevin, that you want to wrap up with before we let you go? Man, hey, you guys are great, man. You know what? You're going to put me out of business. <laughs> I just want to tell you that. No, we're not. You guys are great. Man, we're you guys not. have a great ending, though. I love how you guys kind of wrap it up, man. You guys are doing a great job. Keep it going. And um, if you need uh, – I have some great people that I share their information with. Uh, but you guys are doing a fabulous job. You got a great message behind your podcast, and I love that. Hey, really quick, going back to the riding the bus, um, I remember, still remember right now, the bricks and the, and the little bushes that I used to practice basketball in and the driveway going uphill. And I remember <laughs> that. that. That's passion right there. So, yeah, yeah um, that is. Never forget that stuff growing up, right? Amen. Amen. And – Folks, this has been the Teacher Coach Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake, uh, Lake Oconee. Coach, I'm going to mess it up, but Lake Oconee Academy yes. in Georgia. He's a state champion, 
chip level coach. He takes his teams to the highest level that they can achieve. And it's been Scott Matthew Callahan and TK Griffith with the Teacher Coach Podcast. Thank you so much for listening.